0: and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Here, we discuss marriage, parenting, discipleship, homeschooling, and everything else that comes into play when you're following God's plan for your family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Heidi St. John as we kick off the Teach Them Diligently at Home Conference. Whenever Heidi and I hang out, we cover a lot of territory, and it all comes back to Jesus and family you'll be encouraged as you listen in and find great hope that even in uncertain times, we know who holds the future. The TTD at Home event is sponsored by some pretty amazing organizations, and I really hope you'll let them know how grateful you are for their support for all of our families during this time. Pre Brain Health, Bark Technologies, Creating a Masterpiece, Abeka, Trail Life USA, Teen Missions International, Ford Transit, Worldwide Tent Makers, Cedarville University, Food for the Hungry, Christian Healthcare Ministries, University of Mobile, Classical Conversations, Operation Christmas Child, Overcomer Movie, Pilgrim's Progress Movie, Alpha Omega Publications, and Trilm Healthy Mama. If you've not registered yet for our month-long celebration of family and home education, you can do so now. Simply visit teachthemdiligently.net forward slash at home. I'm so glad you're here today. Let's dive right in. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the official kickoff, Teach Them Diligently at Home. Heidi St. John is here with us. So
1: thank you for joining us, Heidi. Hey, you're welcome. Glad to be here. It's always an adventure. Adventuring out here in Corona land. (laughs) Adventuring.
0: Heidi, Heidi's out in Washington state and, um, so yeah, where where it kind of all began for for the rest of us,
1: here, right. here in the states, hey, man. It began in Wuhan, okay. Well, it began I, in China. I changed it to here Did in not, the states. Not begin in Washington.
0: Here in the states. Here in the states. I, I made it right. I made it right. Um, <laughs> Make it right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel terrible. But yeah, so we are, Heidi is actually kicking off the event later on this afternoon with our first featured session. And it's such a big deal. You know, Heidi, I'm, I'm going to ask you in a minute to tell us a little bit about what your session is about. But before we get there, I think that we have such a unique opportunity right now. I just, you see, yeah. neighbor. I mean, our neighborhood is coming together. We're doing a, a Easter egg hunts that where they delivered yesterday, and everybody's coloring Easter eggs and putting it in our windows and all this awesome. fun stuff. Where you know we've we've passed each. Other, I've lived here for thirteen years, almost fourteen, and we pass each other in the streets a lot of times and wave. But now we're actually communicating so much more, and it's it's kind of Norman Rock, <laughs> Norman Rockwellish around here. Are y'all seeing that out there too?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Well, I'm not because I live in the country. Okay. So we're, we are kind of a, we're sort of a set apart people already. We've got like two neighbors, <laughs> you know, I got two neighbors, but I will say when I come into town, like right now I'm at the resource center, uh, when I come into town, there's people out taking walks. Like I never see that. So lots of families out. We see families out. Normally I see groups of teenagers, you know, going to (laughs) 7-Eleven. And now we're, we're just, we're literally watching families out. So, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I think that just the potential for what God can do with so many families spending so much time together. And I, there was the shock and awe for everybody, I think, when it first happened. And hopefully now people are starting to get a little bit more into a routine of being together. Because even as a homeschool family, you know, I've got three bigs that are doing college classes and stuff like that, co-op classes. We weren't always all together. So it's even been a change for us. And I'm sure for every other homeschool family that's watching right now.
1: Well, people say. I keep hearing people say this is homeschooling, and I just want to go. No, it's not. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Like this is quarantine schooling. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> so it isn't, and I don't really know the. I don't really know how to best explain it to people, except for to tell them that it's not normal schooling. Yeah. So, I'm. but my hope is is that people are going to stay. With it, like once they start, they'll go, Oh, I can, it's not so bad. I can have my kids home and I don't hate it. Yeah. And maybe I'll stay with it, you know? Yeah. That,
0: well, and honestly, that kind of segues into something I want to share. I was doing history with Lila this morning and it was so cool what we read in history. And it always amazes me how often. The lessons that we do in school are so pertinent for right like that day, whether it be Bible yeah. history or science or whatever. So we're reading this morning in history, and I almost cried, which I do in history class all the time. Anyway, my kids, I know, I do, too. I love it, I love it. Yeah, yeah. blasted me. But so we're reading <laughs> World War Two on the home front, and like the one, two, three, the fourth paragraph in our lesson today said. At first the task seemed too hard. Imagine the challenge of figuring out what was needed to fight a huge war, getting all those things made and then transporting them to where they were needed. And then it goes on to tell us about how all of the people during World War II gathered together. I mean, this whole lesson is about the companies that stopped making what they were making and started making supplies for the war. And I'm going, that's what's happening now. And and all this, you know, <laughs> the families that were brought together and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there reading that and thinking... This is today and this is an opportunity for us today to see the best in people. And I'm just it's so exciting. But it was another reminder of why homeschooling is so good for families, because the conversations that we had based off of this content were just awesome. And it encouraged my heart. It helped me teach. them, And all of a sudden, World War Two
1: preparation seems a little bit more real, you know. Well, and it is it. the cool thing about that also is that our kids are seeing something that they wouldn't have otherwise had even the slightest understanding about. And if we're honest, we don't really understand it either. Right. Like I was talking to my mother-in-law the other day and she was saying that. You know, because we're talking about, do you you know, tell us, you know, what your life was like? What do you remember? They don't remember anything like this. So everybody, I think everybody that's alive right now, most everybody that's alive and cognizant of of what's going on around them, No one remembers this. This is new. And so to be able to go to our history books and go, oh, you know, I love what President Trump is doing and bringing private industry into this. Uh, And I love that he's doing without a government mandate. I really love that. And like Tesla, you know, Tesla's doing I'm a really dear friend who owns a manufacturing business, and he got a letter from NASA asking them to help. Uh, make parts for ventilators so they're they do usually motion motion control parts and they they've got an excellent amazing business and they basically stopped what they're doing and they're making parts for ventilators and you know so i love that american ingenuity yep and that american that really that american exceptionalism people keep saying america's not exceptional yes we are yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love this country i love this country and i think we're going to come i think we're going to uh, pull together and it's exciting and i think it's good for our kids to see So bravo for you, though, Leslie, doing a history lesson today. I know. Good for you. Well,
0: please note, I I said that on purpose because people ask me when I have time to homeschool. And I just want it noted that I homeschool. (laughs) I still homeschool. (laughs) It looks like sitting sitting on my unmade bed, cuddling with my 13 year old. But by Jiminy Joe,
1: I am homeschooling. So, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm hoping that next week my life's going to going to get some sort of a new sort of normal right now i've been doing spending so much time recording videos and trying to bring the firm of planet homeschool resource center basically online so we're trying to go from what is a normal rhythm into this new normal and i i'll just be honest i haven't really homeschooled at all not i haven't done a single thing it's true we've been doing a lot of like devotions like we're reading in the word almost every day and and just praying with our kids and talking to them about just trying to bring peace I guess in the middle of this because it's frightening uh for them and obviously our whole world's been kind of turned upside down and so that part of it I think is amazing and hopefully our kids are going to see in us a sense of peace and a sense of calm even though I know Leslie you guys have been working really hard to bring the entire teach them diligently platform from in real life to uh (laughs) online. And it's no joke. Like the learning curve is steep, people. Well (laughs) and that's actually a learning curve. It's real. Yeah.
0: That's one of the things that's on my list to hit on today as we're kind of discussing what we're about to kick off is the fact that this event that I think is going to blow you guys away. It's amazing the amount of content, the cool stuff that's coming, but the fact that it came together literally in like two weeks with the coordination of so many people who minister to your families all year long is nothing short of a miracle. And it says a lot about the homeschool companies, the homeschool speakers, the homeschool you know families that are involved in this. Because what we asked of everybody yeah. is unreasonable. It's un- I mean, we literally said we need all these videos <laughs> and we need them like yesterday. And by the way, we're using all new technology <laughs> and we're doing everything that you've never seen done before. And we just want you to trust us because it's going to be yeah. super cool.
1: Hey, um, innovate. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But, but it's it, like it's like it's like building a car from the, the parts that we found at Home Depot. But we're doing it. Exactly. Trust us. It's going to be great. So It's going to be great. <laughs> so really, really,
0: as you're looking at the content, as you're enjoying interacting with the exhibitors in the exhibit hall, as you go to the meet and greets and stuff like that, that is all coming up, really thank those that poured a lot into it. And I'll I'm going to shout out to my kids. My kids have processed every video in there and each video takes an hour to two hours to process. And they are working, my big teens are working around the clock to make this happen. And they're learning a ton of stuff, but wow, they have put a lot of hours in this. And I'm (laughs) here I go. I, I cry on everything I talk about. It seems like, but I'm so proud of them. And I'm so thankful that they've had the opportunity to get involved in this. So I yeah. I really I just wanted to shout out to everybody involved because, you know, I tend to get a lot of the thank yous coming my way. But I am one small part in this great big collaborative effort to bring this to uh, to to living rooms from coast to coast and all around the world, actually. So really, really cool. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a family project. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of people don't see what's going on behind the scenes to bring things like this to families and so that people can watch and enjoy in their living rooms. The other thing that I think is really cool about this is we're all in it together. I feel like there's been a lot of grace. Like if it had just been, you know, a singular event or maybe let's say that there was an earthquake, you know, in the Northwest. And so I had to do this, you know, online, but everybody else could be there in person. There wouldn't be the same camaraderie. That we see right now because everybody would be like, well, that's you, but this is all of us and we're all in this thing together. And I love that part of it. I mean, I don't actually love the coronavirus and I really don't like that. I'm not, I mean, Leslie and I, we've talked about this a lot. I, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't like the online. I don't like doing virtual conferences, I would much rather be speaking to a live audience. I'd much rather be speaking to a live on, not that y'all are dead. I know that you're alive, but I would <laughs> much rather Everyone see who's alive, your, please raise um, your hand right now. Yeah, everyone. No, I would so much rather see responses from people. A speaker yeah. can really gauge how their audiences are doing, by facial expression and you know uh, if you're in the south if you're lucky enough to to uh, be able to go to a conference in the south particularly at a black homeschool conference those are my favorite ones they really are those people will stand up they'll amen you yeah you go all that stuff well a speaker really needs that kind of you know feedback from an audience so this this sort of a platform sort of hard on us and i think in on some levels we're learning And how to just listen, really listen. This is what's happening for me, at least just listening to the Holy Spirit so that I know from the Lord, since I'm not getting like the the um, response from a live audience that I'm used to, I'm having to really listen to the Lord and the Lord's like you know, talk about this and move this direction. And uh, and so we're learning something different. I think the Lord's in all of it, even from that aspect of it. But it's definitely this is a different uh, this is a different thing for I, sure.
0: No question. No question. Um, but it's going to be really cool. In fact, go, getting back to the camaraderie that she was just talking about, we had a like an exhibitor time yesterday in the exhibit hall so that they could get used to it. Because this is a live platform. You will be able to talk face to face with the exhibitors It's super cool. But having all these exhibitors in there playing around, they're going around talking to each other and strategizing how they were going to use the space. And I mean, literally, I David and I kind of left the area and but we had to stay in but we were hidden. And just watched. Those guys stayed in there for, I think some people stayed in like three hours just talking to each other. And that's wow. a really cool thing. So we're having a meetup tonight where you can come into the platform, you can talk with people, you can float around from space to space and really get to know people. This is, you know, socialization. We're going to get it starting, starting tonight. We're going to yeah. socialize together.
1: Yeah, we're going to socialize social distance style. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. I will not cough on you, sneeze on you. nothing. That's what it is. So, well, Heidi, why don't you tell us what you have in store for us this afternoon? Because you will be kicking us off with Off the Bench later today. And why did you think that that was really a pertinent way to kick off this conference
1: well so i am you I mean a lot of people have heard me speak over the years i started you know 15 years ago or so out on this on the speaker's circuit really just talking about the nuts and bolts of homeschooling right so talking about why do we homeschool how do we homeschool you know i've been doing it for almost 25 years and i'm passionate about it but what i've noticed I noticed this starting in the homeschool community because those are my people, right? These are the people that I spend so much time with. And uh, I noticed that we were sort of engaging with each other, like in this little bubble, this sort of what I call the homeschool bubble, right? So we, instead of getting out into the culture and impacting the culture, we're just kind of huddling up in our little holy huddles at home and we're not getting out into the culture. And yet that's exactly where we're supposed to be. And so I was alarmed and uh, really kind of alarmed at what I was seeing in families and homeschool families sort of worshiping homeschooling rather than worshiping the Lord. So I started saying, hey, let's let's lay down the banner of homeschooling, you guys. We don't We don't live and exist under the banner of homeschooling. We live under the banner of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Which sort of led me to looking more deeply at the culture at large and realizing this generation of Christians needs to get engaged in the battle. So we are definitely in a battle right now, we're definitely seeing this. Uh, we see it in the public schools. We see it in politics. A lot of people are like, Oh, she's going to talk about politics. We need to be talking about what's happening in our government, happening in locally, right? Our, uh, our library systems. Oh my goodness. Uh, we, because when Christians step out of the culture, Uh, When children of light who are listening to the Lord, not that we're perfect, right, because none of us are perfect, but hopefully listening to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is guiding us when we step out of that position, evil will always fill the vacuum. That's what happens. And so my exhortation to parents is to get off the bench and onto the battlefield, to get off the sidelines of the culture and onto the front lines. Christians belong in every sphere of influence. We belong in education. We belong in medicine. We belong in entertainment. We belong in politics because we bring the light of the gospel wherever we go. And so that's the reason that was what I chose for the opening session tonight. It's because I want to say, listen, this is about more than homeschooling. This is about you using the time that you have with your children to equip them to get off the bench and onto yes. the battlefield. It's not so that we can stay home and hide our light as it were under a bushel. It's so that we can get out there and steward the message of the gospel and use the tools that we've learned at home. Because really the home time is when we are equipping our children. And I, I want to see a generation of parents unafraid, like Mo am telling parents, you can't pass on what you don't possess. Amen. And so if we don't possess a working knowledge of the word of God, if we don't know how to share God's love with the people around us, if we can't be salt and light in Walmart, you know, then what, what in the world, you know, why are we doing this thing? You know, I, Francis Chan said a long time ago, and I love this quote, I wrote it in my Bible. He said uh, in the culture today, Simon says, pat your head, you know, and we pat our head. Jesus said, go make disciples, and we memorized that verse. And I thought, wow, you know, that's powerful. So the session I'm doing today is really a wake-up call. It's to say, let's let's do this thing together the way that God has called us and equipped us to do. Let's get off the bench and find our voice. And uh, I believe with all my heart that when faith finds its feet in this generation of Christians, we're going to see, we could live to see a change in our culture, the likes of which we have not seen for at least four generations. And so Leslie, you and I've talked about this a lot. I believe with all my heart that we are stewarding this generation of parents responsible for stewarding a very special generation of children. And they're just now starting to come of age. They're just now starting to find their footing Mm -hmm. and they're doing it right now in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Like we've got so many changes happening in the culture and yet God's word doesn't change. His heart toward his people doesn't change. The peace that he offers doesn't change. And so as parents, we can equip our kids at that. And I think it's an exciting time to be a Christian, honestly. So it's uh, sort of my rah-rah. Let's get off the bench and onto the battlefield and engage with the people around us. I think it's going to be life-changing.
0: Oh, no question. We've we've actually told our kids for several years now that, you know, when, when I was growing up, I'm from the South, which is a shock to everyone, I'm sure. But shocker! I I know, I know. (laughs) But when I was growing up, everybody was a Christian. Everybody went to church, and I say that loosely. But culturally, it was so deeply ingrained in everyone around me that I couldn't tell the difference from the outside because everybody was at church on Sunday. Now, what they were doing the rest of the week, I didn't know. But from the outside, it was hard to tell. Now, that that has shifted quite a bit. And so for my kids, as they are looking out, there there are much more clearly defined lines in the sand that allows them to lovingly stand out. And I say that very, very carefully because... We have to teach our children to love people. That's got to be, you know, love God, love people. And as an overflow of that, they're going to be able to stand and, and help point people to the love of God. But to do it in a way that is is proper for the gospel. And I think it's truly, like you said, an exciting time to be a parent. It's an exciting time to be raising children. Uh, Mine are 20, 18, 16, and 13 now. And seeing their boldness and seeing their love of Jesus and love of people, there is nothing in this world that is more exciting than seeing your children, knowing that your children are walking with God, your greatest joy without a
1: doubt. I was gonna say I love that you said it's an overflow, because you I could sort of expound on that a little bit. There's an overflow principle in God's word and we see it starting in Genesis and the overflow principle works like this. So we are called to have a relationship with the Lord, a private relationship with the Lord, a personal relationship with the Lord. Let me say personal rather than private, a personal relationship with the Lord. So we are in his word, hopefully every day. We're studying his word. We're asking him to speak to us. We're saying, Lord, cleanse me of sin today. I, and we're asking for forgiveness. We're walking in repentance. We're doing that personally, right? This is between me and the Lord. And then out of an overflow, Of What God does in my life, I pour into the closest person to me, which is my husband. So out of an overflow of what God does between me and him, I'm able to pour into my husband. Right. And hopefully not. Hopefully my husband is doing that because I've watched him walk with the Lord for so many years. But then he's doing that same thing out of an overflow of what God does. With my husband, he pours into me. And then we come together and we nurture our relationship first. Before we nurture our kids, we nurture the marriage. Yes. And then out of an overflow of what God does in the marriage, we minister to our children. And then our children, hopefully they're getting, so they're getting these over, these buckets of that overflow from the Lord. When God says, do it my way, that's what he means. He means keep the priorities, keep God's priorities in front of you. It's amazing what we can do, because what you're doing is you're using the overflow principle. You're overflowing into your children, and then your children are going to overflow into the culture. And it starts at home. And I think so often what we've done in the culture is we've, we've done it in reverse. We it, children. And so how many of us have seen adults pouring into their children, but their marriages are on the verge of collapse right. or yes. we pour into our children. We want to be sure that they have every opportunity, you know, sports and theater and all these things, but the parents aren't walking with the Lord. And so there is no overflow yeah. and we're not able to speak in the lives of our children. And so it kind of goes into this sort of battlefield again, mentality. You can't send your kids out onto the battlefield if you haven't overflowed and poured into them so that when they get out there, they're ready. Right. And they have to learn to love people. And we, we love people the way God says to love them, right? We we meet their felt needs and we share the gospel with them. And that overflow that our kids are seeing coming from us that doesn't sequester us in our homes, right? It just yeah. starts in our homes. We're not sequestered there. It starts there. And then out of an overflow, we're able to impact the culture around us. And I mean, that's been sort of an image that the Lord gave me a couple of years ago, this idea of blessing that is an overflow of really walking with the lord and saying lord show me you know where do you want me to get involved like if you're a mom right now with little ones at home and you're not in the season that leslie and heidi are in my oldest is 28 almost 29 years old she's getting ready to have our, her third her third child here anytime and we're on, we're in a different season i find myself in a very different season than when we just had little ones, right? Leslie and I talk about this a lot. Like, oh, my goodness, the kids grew up. Like, what a drag. Like, oh, we miss it. You know, wait, wait. Yeah, it's true. And yet I know that there are a lot of moms listening to this today. And there you can start to go, oh, my goodness, I got to get out onto the battlefield. no. You got to focus on where you are supposed to put the overflow right now. And the overflow goes into your little ones. The overflow goes into learning how to run your home and learning how to train up your children and learning how to teach your children how to love other people. And there's a season for us to be out on the battlefield and a season for us to train to be out on the battlefield. And, and moms, especially moms need to know how to listen for the Lord so that when that kind when the time comes to make that transition, they make it out of an abundance of what God's been doing sowing into their lives for a, a period of years and then we get out onto the battlefield. So it's this, right? It's this walking with the Lord and saying, Lord, show me when am I supposed to get out onto the battlefield? And he will. And he will. And it starts with that overflow of that personal relationship between you and the one who made you. It's a powerful thing. It really is.
0: Oh, no question. And that really is the concept of teach them diligently, too, because it's such a natural. You are discipling and shepherding the hearts of your children in such a natural way. You don't need a checklist because it's just as you walk, as you talk, as you grocery shop, as you do the dishes. It's all of these very, very natural things. But it, like I said before, it is not a checklist. And if we are just focusing on the outward things that we see and we're we're digging so yeah. deeply in what we or others can see, we're not going to build a foundation for our children to stand for the Lord and love Him with all their hearts. We're rather just giving them a framework that they have to live within while they're in our homes and not equipping them to be on the battlefield. So... Um, you've got to, uh, yeah. all of us as moms have to look at the kingdom importance of the work we're doing when they're little and those conversations, the whys and all of those things. And then the the middle school years are amazing because your kids are, are changing so much and there's so much frustration in them because their bodies are literally changing. But you get to be the one who sits there beside them and lets them cry on your shoulder and cries along with them and lets them know it's going to be okay and then that builds this yeah. strong relationship for your teens to come to you with everything. And then, as Heidi can attest, when they're grown and having their third baby, they still need you. So, you know, That's all, of this, true. all of this starts with that overflow while they're little and, and middle. And you can jump in at any time as God is growing, you allow him to grow your children through it. And it's it's the most
1: amazing, natural process that only God could have created. Well, look what. God's doing. God's heart beats for families. And we see, you know, God created Adam and Eve and he put them in a garden and he gave them children, right? He, God created the family unit. And in the culture, we have really devalued family. I mean, family is like, oh, you know, the fam- you know, the school system tells you when you drop off your kids, they belong to us. They literally do that. The ninth circuit court uh, here in my neck of the woods, where the ninth circuit is so active and so devastating and so damaging. Uh, they, this is part of what they have been telling parents and unfortunately we bought the lie so we buy the lie when we drop our kids off at school we buy the lie when we say you know we we segregate our children when we go to church we have you know and we've done everything we can i think uh, not even necessarily on purpose but it's definitely happened where we pull families apart and god's heart beats for families and look what has happened i mean leslie in the space of two weeks everything around us is shut down 50 million kids all of a sudden home with their parents. Yep. And this is where our kids are supposed to be is home with their, with their parents. And I just wonder if God at some point, the Lord was like enough is enough, especially with the indoctrination that's happening now, the blatant indoctrination, it was very subtle and, and uh, now it's not anymore. Right. Cause now the veil has been, been lifted and we see what's going on. And it's almost like the Lord's given us a chance to hit the reset button. And I am hoping that parents everywhere are going to hear mm. how they can actually do that and hit the reset button and be the parents that God's asked us to be. You know, we've got time now with our kids. And I think we're realizing now the preciousness of that time. And I'm hoping we're going to take advantage of it. I, I talked to a mom, not didn't talk to her. She sent me a message the other day. I heard from a mom. This is so interesting. This might be my favorite story to come out of the pandemic so far. She had her kid in a school system in the school system here in the Northwest, a 14 year old kid who's struggling with his gender identity, because of Mm -hmm. course he is. The schools are telling their kids They're, they're literally teaching our kids that this is something that they need to be thinking about. Like, Leslie, you might not be a girl. And if from the time you're four years old, I'm telling you that by the time you're 14, you're going to wonder. Right. So she's got a 14 year old son who decided about six months ago that he probably is transgender. And so they were in the process of looking at the schools, looking at how they can get him hormone therapy, therapy. And she said her son had been home for less than 10 days and she's finally starting to see him again. She said his personality is returning. The light in his eyes is returning. Uh, all of these things, these amazing things are happening. She like, I haven't seen my son in three years. And now because he's, we, we've taken him off the feeding tube of indoctrination, which is the public school system, all, the, all of a sudden she's seeing her son again. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I wonder how, I wonder how many homes this is true yeah. uh, in the United States right now where parents are like, oh, my word. I didn't realize how bad it was. You know, how when you when you start to feel sick, you didn't realize how great it was to feel good <laughs> until you got sick and then got better again. And I think that that's, a, I'm hoping one of the good things, just one of the good things that we're going to see come out of uh, this time in the United States history. So I, for one, I'm like, I'm glad, you know, shut down the public schools, bring our kids home. Let's empower parents to be the parents the moms and the dads that God has called them to be and that God will sustain them in doing. And I think that's the message that needs to be shouted, you know, loud and clear from the church. You can do this because God's already equipped you to do it. And parents need to know that they can do it. And it's exciting, I think.
0: Oh, it is. And when you catch the vision for what God has actually called you to do, not even i mean, remove education from the equation, just what God has given you the privilege of doing as a parent. I mean, there's no other job description that is as cool as mom. I mean honestly yeah. we get to to do all of this amazing stuff with the people that we love the most in the whole wide world and so if we got a vision for that just as a nation and and stopped devaluing, like you said, or undervaluing the importance of mom and the importance of dad, then it could, it could fundamentally change everything. And and I too, I'm, I'm really excited to see what God does with this. He, he will not waste this. There are scary days for a lot of people. I know a lot of teach them diligently. Families are, there's so many uncertainties and we are praying for you guys. We are praying by name for those of you that have told us what's going on. You know, I I hope that that this upcoming event will be just a real balm to your heart, help you focus in on truth, because it's always good to turn your heart to truth when things are uncertain, yeah, but, yeah. but not making light of the uncertainties at all. But I think that the possibilities of what God can do with this, because we serve a great God who transcends anything that we can see or think or understand, it, it gives such hope to believers that should really have us, you know, keeping our eyes on the on the Western sky and just looking to see what what God is going to do here. So,
1: yeah, that's right. We were talking with our kids the other day out of Jeremiah 17. And if you guys haven't had a chance to read that with your kids, open up your Bible and just open it up to the book of Jeremiah. It's right around the middle of your Bible. Jeremiah was sent as a prophet they called him the weeping prophet and he was coming to a nation that had walked away from the Lord hmm. and if you put it in the context of what of who Jeremiah was speaking to at the time it's really powerful because he's, he's telling them listen you guys you've walked away from the Lord come back you're missing the blessing of God but you're going to incur his wrath I mean he's got this message saying God is holy and he's righteous and he will not be mocked and he will not put up with your sin forever and so he's bringing this sort of message of this hard message to the church, which is why we call him the weeping prophet. He he was weeping, he wept over the condition of the Israelite people who had walked away from the Lord. And yet in the middle of Jeremiah, well, toward the beginning, actually, in Jeremiah 17, he reminds them of who God sees them as. And he says, blessed are, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And then he says it again, whose trust is in the Lord. It's almost like he had to say, blessed is the man who's trusted the, in the Lord. Did you hear me, you guys, whose trust is in Lord? The Lord, stop trusting in all these man-made things that are around us. Trust in the Lord. He said, if you'll do that, you'll be blessed. And then he said, this is what you'll be like if you'll learn to do that. He said, the person that trusts in the Lord is like a tree that's planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. And it sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green. It's not anxious in a year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. And this is who God's children are. God said, and I showed my daughter, I said, look outside, sailor, at the trees. They're budding, right? The daffodils are in bloom. The tulips are coming up. The the tulips don't know that there's a pandemic. The trees are still bearing fruit. to see fruit and god says that that his children are like that that in the midst of a crisis in the midst of drought in the midst of sickness we can still bear fruit why because our trust is in the lord and our kids need to see that right now more than ever so if you haven't had the opportunity yet Uh, To sit down and just open up God's word and and let your children really take a deep drink from living water. There is so much hope there, uh, mom and dad, right now for you and for your children. And to me, this opportunity to just remind them that we are who God says we are. We don't need to be afraid. We need to be, you know, we were talking about this, Leslie and I were talking about this, laughing about, you know, the whole toilet paper extravaganza. <laughs> like, you can't get it. It's, like, worth gold right now, right? But what would happen if we really believe that God is going to take care of us? Not that we don't plan for things. I'm not saying planning is, is bad. Planning is not bad. Planning is good. But panic is sin. Yes, God says, don't do that. He says, don't worry. He says that these clothes, the lilies, he said, the birds are not, they're not worried. He said, and if God cares about those birds, which he does, his word goes on in Isaiah to say how much more he cares about us and we don't need to worry. And you don't, you don't need to worry about homeschooling. I mean, truly you don't do what God puts in front of you. Do the thing that God's asked you to do. And then leave the results up to God. And it's amazing. He's faithful. And we're watching it now, right? Leslie, we're watching it play out in real oh, time for sure. It's
0: amazing. Yeah, yeah. And and like you said, God is so good. And one of the things our pastor preached on, I think it was the first Sunday of, you know, quarantine church, um, but it was out of Psalm 63. And yeah. I, recall, I don't have my Bible or my notes here, but one of the things it, it talks about in that passage, if it's Psalm 63. So don't quote me on that. Um But the passage that he was, he was leading us to was there's a verse that talks about how we reach out to God and God is holding on to us. And he said, you know, that, that is not an equal cling. You know, we have this feeble, you know, feeble hand and yet God is, his grip is firm. He has us and we can trust that. And that is there again, so much hope, so much contentment. And as parents, I don't know that we've ever had a better opportunity as a group of parents to, sh- to model for our children, what trusting God looks like, to give them a view of what peace that passes all understanding looks like, how reacting when you don't get your way looks like. Yeah. Because I've thought so often when my, you know, I want yeah. to just throw a temper tantrum. And it was like, the Lord just says, would you allow your children to do that? No, I wouldn't. And so no. I have the opportunity to model what it looks like to not throw a temper tantrum because I don't like the way things are going. And there are things
1: I don't like the way they're going right now, Heidi. No lie. It's no lie. I don't like that the resource center is empty. Yeah. I came in here, you know, we poured our heart and soul into this homeschool resource center. And I cried over it. I had a good cry over it because we know that what we're doing here is changing people's lives. We know we're having a good impact here. We know we're helping a lot of parents. And I was like, Lord, really, you know, you're going to take it away for really what is right now an indefinite period of yeah. time. I mean, every time we turn on the news, Later. they've extended the quarantine, yeah. you know, I'm like, well, I guess we'll see you guys in December. You know? <laughs> hopefully, oh, do that, hopefully. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But yet. This is where we come back to, we don't, you know, the the Lord, all these prosperity, this prosperity gospel garbage that's out there, God never promised that we wouldn't suffer. Never. If his son suffered, if Jesus suffered more than any of us can even comprehend, why do we think that we are not going to suffer? There is suffering involved and God is saying he wants to use it. He doesn't say you won't suffer. He says, I will use all things together for your good, right? That's Romans eight. I will use it. And we have to trust that God is using it. And I think he understands our, I think he understands our hurt too. I don't, I don't think it's wrong. And we've let our kids cry over this. You know, we've had, I mean, everything that they were going to do, I was going to come out and see you guys this summer, Leslie. Know. Our family was going to be traveling in a motorhome across the country with the few kids that we have left mm-hmm. at home. They were really looking forward to that. And a lot of that stuff, well, not a lot of it, all of it yeah. is being postponed and canceled and moved around and all these things. And so I think it's OK to grieve that. Uh, I just I don't want to see us live in this. Attitude of grief, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know about you, Leslie, but I feel like I'm moving, I've kind of moved through the stages of grief at first. You know, at first, when they started, because you're right, Washington State kind of got shut down first. Huh, and everybody was watching. <laughs> yeah, we got, well, we got shut down first. I didn't say it came from wow, us. Ugh. Come on now. Nuance. So we get, so right, right, nuance. <laughs> so we get shut down. And I remember just calling, I think, Leslie, you're one of the first people I called. And I was like, what in the yeah. Sam Hill is going on? Like they just shut us down. There's all these weird things that are happening. And I was in this sort of denial, like this isn't going to, there's no way this is going to happen. And then it started to spread and then it got worse. And then I moved from um, disbelief to sort of anger. And honestly, I'm looking at, I'm like, I think we meet the very definition of the stages of grief right now as a nation. I think we, we, we started with unbelief, like no way. And then we're angry and then we're just sad. It's sad that this is kind of our reality for right now, sad for the people who are sick and dying, sad because we're afraid of each other. I mean, all you got to do, at least around here, is go to the grocery store and everybody's wearing masks and gloves and we're afraid to get within six feet of each other. And it's a palpable fear. And I think God understands that. And so there's there's no sin and no shame in processing what's happening and even being sad about it. But we don't want to stay in that place, right? The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's joy that God gives us. I said this, I kind of ranted on my Facebook page the other day. I sort of lost my mind. (laughs) And and, uh, I, I ended up crying because I was so frustrated and i'm and i'm my daughter's getting ready to have a baby and the chances of me being there to see my granddaughter born are like zero now you know and i'm processing through this stuff and it was and i was sad about it and i realized as i'm doing that the lord understands but he says that the joy of the lord is our strength peace is not an emotion you guys peace is a person Peace is Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Son of God. And it comes from the Lord. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And so you can't manufacture peace, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I see all these celebrities, you know, peace, and they're singing, right? Uh, Leslie, did you see the celebrities get together, like, what, a week and a half ago, and they sang John Lennon's imagine. stupid song, oh, yeah. uh, Imagine? Yeah. And I was like, that's not, inc- imagine there's no heaven. Yeah. It's easy if you try, no hell below us. I'm like, what? what are you trying to make everybody suicidal right now? Like that's not actually helpful. And I think as Christians, we have an awesome opportunity to, to start um, praising the Lord in the midst of this, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you guys are suffering right now, if you're struggling to come to terms with this, I think the Lord understands and he wants us to move from that place of grief, which God so clearly identifies. The Bible says Jesus identifies with us. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. God understands our grief. But he wants us to move from a place of grief to a place of glory, to giving him glory. So go from grief to glory. Lord, we glory in what you're doing. We give you glory. We're going to turn our eyes heavenward. We're going to turn our panic into praise, turn our worry into worship. And we're going to trust that you know what you're doing. And then we're going to wait and see what God will do. And I think God's going to do something amazing. And uh, I am I frankly am excited. I'm excited to see what God does with Teach Him Diligently, even though it's gone virtual, right? Like <laughs> well, all we'll of us, back. we're all we're all in a video game right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, but we will be back. And just think of how awesome those. I mean, teach them diligently is already like a family reunion anyway. Every time yep, we get is. together. Yeah, and totally after all this is over, just think of the, how sweet the fellowship is going to be at teach them diligently events. I. It just thrills my soul to think of seeing all of you in person again, the hugs, the tears that don't have to be virtual, but can be physical and we can actually be together. So we're really excited. We're so thankful for the opportunity to hopefully equip even more people in the month of April than we could ever reach physically. I mean, I think God could do so much with this. Um, So I, I would ask everybody, invite your friends, whether they homeschool or not, there's so much marriage and parenting workshop or oh, information yeah. that's coming their way, this is good for Christian families, period. End of discussion. Absolutely. So share it with everyone yes. you know um, and get involved. Allow the Lord to use all of these workshops, all of these interactive times. They are designed really to help you get through this, help you Really, kind of keep your focus through this time, but but grow in the Lord and and g- strengthen your family through through all of the things that we find in His Word. So you know, so I think that on that probably we we've talked now for almost forty five minutes, and you know, it's it's always a joy to. It's hang like out a phone call, Leslie.
1: It's this is like something you and I do on the regular, so it's good.
0: So now you know when Heidi and I get on the
1: phone, it's like constant back and forth. So it is. No, it, yeah, it really is. Too bad we don't live closer. I just had a great idea, though, Leslie. I think when when Teach Them Diligently finally gets back, like, in real life events again, I think you should kick it off with a big, giant potluck. Oh, yes. That would be so fun. Oh, yes. Well, and already, the venues
0: venues that we use already think that we're very interesting because there are so many crock pots and pressure cookers and such that come into the venues. Right, everybody brings them to their (laughs) rooms. everybody when you bring your meal just bring it down to the exhibit hall and we'll set up tables at the back so that we can share with one another i think that's a
1: good idea yeah corona ain't got nothing we got on this. a potluck homeschool style exactly exactly well heidi thank you so much for joining us
0: today thank you for taking the time out of your busy recording schedule and everything that you're doing to prep
1: so thank you so so much you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in just a little bit. Uh, talking about off the bench is going to be great. Yep. Yep. So that
0: will be at four o'clock Eastern today. I'm going to be sending you a lot of the information in the next probably a few hours through the rest of tomorrow. The bulk of our content doesn't start till Monday, but we wanted to get a rolling start. So there's some live stuff today and tomorrow. Heidi's session is today. Um, so just make sure that you hang with us, get all you can, and please share this with your friends. We would love to, to have thousands and thousands and thousands of more people join us for this because just think of how God could mobilize his people if we all get of one mind and one accord and get strengthened and charged up together. So y'all have a great afternoon and Heidi and I will see you soon. She'll be at four.
1: Absolutely. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.